This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting, Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's the, the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. Oh, yes, here we go with the Brock and Salk Show in Seattle Sports on 710 seattlesports.com, Seattle Sports app, Ooh, podcast platforms, you name it, what's going on? Hope everybody had a good weekend. Hope you had fun. Big Pro Bowl weekend. So this is sort of a split deal for people, I think. Like, either this is the weekend you kind of take off. Like, hey, there's no football. I'm going to do something else all weekend and just sort of like bail entirely on the whole thing and then sort of regather yourself for our one last moment on Sunday, right? Where you get the Super Bowl. Betsy's still coming over. Justin, are we still, are we still on? Oh, good question. I, we didn't, we didn't talk about it yesterday. So okay. uh, I guess I'll have to follow up with you today. We're starting to you plan. You talking like, so it's just Betsy coming over. Justin has other plans. Like, yeah. I'm going to probably have something, have to do something else. Justin is invited good. over, but <laughs> Betsy's the one who invited yeah, herself. But I, was, I also got an invite from one. G. Scott, so maybe I should, maybe I should go to the wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> he turned you down, wow. and now he's inviting other people. Wow. No, I didn't. That is just wrong. Wow. But it would be you. funny if that happened. How dare you guys. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I watched the Pro Bowl. Probably the most I've watched the Pro Bowl in a decade. Nice. It was fun. Yeah, I shockingly enjoyed it. I don't know whether I'd like make an appointment viewing or anything. You like, I don't travel to it. I wouldn't travel. No. Um, although maybe to see that halftime show. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see the mm-hmm. halftime show? No, I don't. Think I don't know who that was, but it was not good. Oh. Uh, it was it was it was not good. Well, all the artists were taken up. They were busy this weekend. That's true. Everybody else at the Grammys is like the 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 last people they could find. They were just digging and digging and digging, and finally these two saps were just like, "Yeah, all right, we'll play the we'll play the Pro Bowl." So um, two saps. That's kind of what it seemed like. Oh, it was Ray Remmert. Is that somebody I'm supposed to know? Uh, I mean, they've had they've had a couple number one hits. I just know them from my radio times, but yeah, I don't think you would. No, I definitely did not. But they they it, it's uh, it's drummer's ear backwards if you read their name back. Oh well, yeah. they weren't weren't good. Okay, got some hits. Okay, well they weren't good. Um, Black but, Beatles was their biggest one. But the uh, but the whole thing was fun, and the guys seemed to be having fun. And you know, it was one nice thing is if you're going to you know play a sham of a football game. The biggest thing that I think the flag football game allowed for was no helmets. Absolutely. It was by far the biggest win of the Pro Bowl. If you're going to get these guys out there playing a game that's not really football, I want to see their face. I want to see them laughing. I want to see them smiling. I want to see them, you know, joking with each other. It's excuse me, et cetera. That's what I wanted. And I thought that the flag football game really accomplished that. By the way, Jalen Ramsey popped. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He popped him at the goal line. He can say it was sort of an accident because he kind of got tripped a little bit heading into him, but he sort of popped him at the goal line. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I know, right? Yeah, I was not at all I concerned. I had no issue with it. Both guys. Seriously. Like, I was not even a little concerned for Tyreek Hill's health, but it was pretty funny to see him like, well, I'm protecting the goal line. Bang! And just sort of natural inclination take over, but... Uh, I thought that was cool. I was glad to see uh, them without helmets, kind of running around and having a good time. Jason Myers, though, a little struggle with the kick-tack-toe. Yeah, that's a, that was a weird format. Only only the long snappers and Justin Tucker right. looked good. But he straight up shanked. That was kind of weird. I thought they were just yeah. going to use kickers. I was a little surprised that they decided to use the other guys as well. But 
Um, that was fun. That was an enjoyable part of the weekend. I don't know. I had a good weekend. I hope everybody had uh, had fun themselves. That was an in- interesting. Uh, certainly the Grammys. I know Brock's going to be excited to talk about that when he gets in a little bit later. You're going to open with some Busta for him? He's a big Grammys guy, as I'm sure you know. Sure. Uh, the Grammys are a funky thing. Like They get some stuff so right and some stuff just so thoroughly wrong. And I don't just say that because I know everybody has their own like musical taste, but just sort of how they do things. I thought they did a really nice job last night, finally, with the In Memoriam segment. Yeah, and it, it was nice to see, you know, Jeff Beck's music and David Crosby and, you know. Uh, Loretta Lynn. Yeah, Loretta Lynn. That was great. Uh, Freeway. That's his name, right? Freeway from, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? From uh, from Migos. Oh, no, Takeoff. Takeoff. Why did I say Freeway? Sorry. Where's Freeway from? Uh, Freeway's oh, a different. What are you talking about? Take off. Sorry, that's uh, what I was Quavo thinking. did a tribute. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I thought a lot of that was really great. Um, obviously, the tribute to hip hop was incredible. Bust to steal the show. That's just a little bit of, of Busta who stole the show during the gigantic tribute to hip hop that had tons and tons of great hip hop artists from LL Cool J to Ice T to Method Man to Nelly to Missy to uh, Salt and Pepper. Uh, it was awesome. That was, I thought, the highlight of the night for Massive, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And probably the best thing I've ever seen at the Grammys, quite frankly. But the Grammys are kind of weird. Like you're watching, and I feel like it's a combination of. Three things. There's pop acts that are famous. There are sort of pop acts that I've never heard of, and I'm not sure that's just because I'm old. And then there are people <laughs> where you're like, wait, Bonnie Raitt released an album? Like, how, yeah. weird to see Bonnie Raitt win a Grammy. Not that she's not talented, but she's not really relevant at the moment. So it's this sort of weird. Like, they always just seem to get it a little bit wrong, if that makes sense. Maybe I think it's I think it's more about who you are and what you're listening to. Maybe, but I think I, that's really more of what this is. Maybe, but I mean, Bonnie Raitt is not exactly like you know the height of pop music at the moment. But I think they kind of pride themselves on that. They're not just picking okay. what's popular. Well, if, looking at the actual product. Fine. If that's the case, I've got to ask, and I, I know that this is this. You know, maybe I'm being an old white man. I don't know. In how long were the Grammys last night? Three hours, something like that. Probably there's not there's not one moment other than the you know thirty seconds of Jeff Beck tribute of guitar based rock. Yeah, it's not no. having a it's not having a moment. Not a moment. Not having a moment. Well, if you choose to recognize, it's not having any less of a moment than Is Bonnie there Raitt. Something that you would nominate for? There's plenty like, of stuff out there. Rival Sons, tremendous. There's a ton of good rock well, that comes out, but they choose not to focus on it in any way. During the Grammys, and that's been true for a really long time. That's not just true of this year. The Grammys has gone hard away from anything that is sort of guitar-based. And by the way, I like a lot of the other music that they focus. I'm not sitting here complaining about a 10-minute you know, salute to hip-hop, which I thought was great. That was awesome. I thought Jay-Z was awesome last night at the end. I thought that was really fun. But like... You're going to essentially, essentially, not essentially, you're going to essentially uh, highlight almost every other type of music. 
but in no way does guitar-based rock show up at all. And I just thought that was well. Brandy Carlisle did win best rock song, and she did perform. But I guess it Brandy Carlisle doesn't on... is not a rock star. It's not she, a rock. She, she doesn't do rock. She won best rock song. Well, that's not rock. <laughs> Over Flea. I mean, and let's, John Frusciante, right. Anthony Keys, Chet Smith. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I know. This is sort of like the fact that the Grammys gave the first heavy metal award to Jethro Tull. Mm-hmm. Like it just there's something wrong with the Grammys when it comes to rock music. Any guesses I, on who won best rock album? Best rock album, uh Jay-Z. Ozzy Osbourne. Ah, okay. Well, that's nice to hear. That that gets shuffled off to the <laughs> thing, like we, things that the things we mentioned we earlier. See. Right, of yeah. course. It's just ridiculous and I, I don't I don't really understand that. I never have and I never will. But there was a lot I of great like stuff. I feel like everybody's getting an, uh, their fellow of rock during Ranked. So. I, w- I would love to have uh, the same audience even as more, the Grammys for Ranked. more of a reason for us yes. to carry the flag. Somebody has to. Uh-huh. It's a good thing <sighs> we're here, quite frankly, to, to help out with things like that. So. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that was uh, I was entertained. I enjoyed the but Grammys you, you more than normal. You would watch the flag football again then too. Uh, or I mean, are you good I, with well, it for the year? I, well, I, I'm done for the year. I don't need to watch no, it again. I know, I, next year. but I mean, next year, would you say like do that again? It was good enough. They or? should do it again. I don't know that I'll watch it, but I wouldn't turn it off. Okay, I, it's not, again not going to make an appointment. I'm not going to be like, oh, Pro Bowl's on, gotta go. Of course but, not. But, you know, if I'm there and I'm at home and there's nothing else going, I mean, there's nothing else this weekend, right? It's There's no NHL other than their stupid all-star game, right? I'm not watching really the NBA. I don't care about that product. So, you know, I watched a lot of the AT&T Pro-Am, like a lot, a lot of the AT&T Pro-Am. Of course you did. That was, I mean, having played Pebble, it's pretty awesome watching them play Pebble. Of course. Not going to lie. Be like, oh, yeah, Bernie, that, what's up? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it, it is uh, it is enjoyable to watch that. Um I thought the, I thought the Grammys were fun. That was definitely uh, definitely uh, a, a good capper to uh, to the weekend. So all right, I agree. Uh, let's dig into some actual sports stuff. We'll do it next. Geno Smith spoke. Does it make it more likely he's returning to the Seahawks? We'll address that and more next. Need to know. Fifteen minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, after a week or so in which Geno Smith's tweets seem to be insinuating a little bit of frustration with the negotiation process here in Seattle, seem to indicate kind of the opposite this weekend. Here he is on the Pivot podcast. I would, I would love to be in Seattle, man. I love Seattle. You know, we have a great relationship. And, uh, you know, I think we'll work things out. Um, you know, when it comes to, like, contracts, I think every player just wants to get paid his work. And uh, it's funny because, like, a great friend of mine tells me, like, no matter what check they write, it'll never be your, your worth because your worth isn't in money. It isn't in you know, monetary things. And so um, you just want to be respected. You know, your contract just wants to say, we respect you. We understand what you bring to the table. We understand the caliber player you are, and we appreciate you. And that's really all it comes down to. So does that make you feel differently? Maybe a little bit. Uh, does it matter? I think it does. He had an opportunity there to say, no, I'm frustrated. Right. He chose not to do that. He had a chance to state his case to make more money. He chose not to go there. He had a chance to make demands or call out the Seahawks or delve into whatever or not. He felt like the team was lying to him or whatever. But instead, he went in the other direction. So maybe that's what his agent told him to do. And it means nothing. Or maybe it's an indication that things are looking a little bit better on that front. Or maybe I was completely misreading all of his tweets, but didn't feel that way. So I don't know. We'll see which direction this goes next. Here's the second thing you need to know. I don't think it's going to affect his payday, but Gino did look pretty sharp at the Pro Bowl, don't you think? 
Started the first of the flag football games, led his NFC squad to a win. Uh, pretty much just, I dressed Eli. He was, uh, he wore it in the locker room, and then we came out and he took it off, and that really hurt my feelings. Um, but yeah, my job is to just not be in the way. No! I don't think you're in the way, Pete. Geno Smith with another long down to another tight end this time. The Minnesota Viking TJ Hawkinson. There was a lot going on. It was a bit chaotic, but it was fun to watch that way. Yeah, Pat McAfee leading the leading the play-by-play with Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> Kirk Herbstreit, that was a bit much. And Pete Davidson for some reason. Yeah, Pete Davidson just shows up everywhere. He admitted, he's like, I don't know why I'm here. Right. They were all just excited basically about his like dating prowess. It seemed like they were all like asking him for advice on how to date beautiful women. I think that's all most men talk about when it comes right. to Pete Davidson these days. Well, because it's so confusing. It doesn't it make any sense. You're just like, this guy? All of those women? What? So anyway, Gino interrupted that with one of his touchdown passes. He did throw a pick, but other than that, he was nearly perfect and threw a couple of darts. So, you know. I don't know what to make of all that, but it was kind of fun. As for the games, I thought, again, they were fun to watch. I enjoyed the new format. Again, probably won't be appointment viewing for me any more than the old Pro Bowl was, but I thought they mixed it up. I thought it worked. I liked that they didn't wear helmets so you could see the guys' faces. They seemed to be having fun, and they played hard at times, which was fun, too. Presentation was good. I don't know what else you would want from this game. The NFL is not going to get rid of it because there's just too much money to be made. So if you're going to keep the Pro Bowl... I don't know. I thought this was about as good a format as you could ask for. Here's the third thing you need to know. All right, Kraken make a trade over the weekend. Yesterday, they bring in defenseman Jacob Megna from Saint uh, from San Jose, rather, for a fourth round pick. They had three of those, so uh, not exactly a huge loss here. Uh, he's had a good year. He's considered a stay at home, trustworthy defensive presence. He's a really big dude. Uh, is he that tough guy? I don't know enough about him to say that. I know Brent was saying that you know because of the size that that's a possibility. I don't think he's an irritant. Usually those guys aren't defensemen. So I don't know if he's entirely the enforcer and, and sort of get under your skin kind of guy that they could use, but certainly another stay-at-home defenseman who can provide a little depth and maybe take Carson Soucy out of the game, especially late. That sure seems like a good thing. I was a little surprised. I thought you might find somebody with a little bit more playoff experience, but high-character guy from what I understand. His minor league teams all voted him either captain or an alternate captain. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing him here in Seattle. Meanwhile, I spent a little time this weekend reading about the Mariners' minor league system. So, look, it's not what it was a few years ago, right? It's no longer top five in the game or whatever. But depending on who you ask, uh, ESPN ranked at 30th out of 30. So that's not great. Kylie McDaniel, I'm sorry, 28th out of 30. Kylie McDaniel noted that there was still some high-end talent and the youth was already in the big league. So he wasn't exactly down on them. Just said they're just not in that spot where right now they're going to be highly ranked. Keith Law, a little bit more bullish. He had them 20th and said they had some interesting arms. This was the thing I thought was interesting. He says uh, there are still some really good pitching and a couple of fairly high upside teenage bats, although at this point they're risking becoming a bottom five system and one that can't sustain the major league roster if they make another huge deal. It's that sustainability thing that I think is important. They still have good players. They're just sort of in a cycle where they're lower in the minors, so they're not going to be ranked as highly. But you just got to be careful. You don't want to, you know, become barren because you've traded too many of those guys and you got to hit on your three top draft picks that you've got this year. All right, there you go. That's everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the new Rock and Salt Show. 
So you thought they should have got somebody. What was your point there you're trying to make about uh, Manga? Magna? I think, I mean, look, I know it's good. I don't right. know a lot about him. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a Jacob Megna expert. I was not. I did not know who he was before yesterday. I kind of thought they might look for somebody with some playoff experience, right? Kind of an older veteran who's just been around gotcha. the game okay. for a while. I'm like, okay, let's bring in another guy who can sort of understand what the postseason is going to be like and what it takes to get there and that understanding in the room, et cetera. Um, I'm glad they brought in a big dude. I'm glad they brought in somebody. I mean, he's been playing on the top defensive pairing. Uh, all year with San Jose. Now, they're not a very good team, so he's probably not going to do that here. But if he's on your, you know, third defensive pairing, and that means that we no longer have to watch, you know, Carson Soucy in big moments, I'm good with that, yeah. right? It'd take Will Borgen out occasionally. I mean, like, I like the idea of having somebody, and I guess they need a left-handed shot too. So you kind of put all those things together, and, and you end up with a, a trade where they didn't have to give up much, and they don't have to pay him much. So that combination, I'm sure, is is you know intoxicating. It, it leaves open a lot of opportunity and options as you get to the trade deadline, which is just under a month away. So going to be an interesting month, right? You get to figure out exactly what else you need and then start making a run at, at what it is you want to do to build this team up. I would be surprised if it's just guys that are like one and dones. I don't, I don't see them doing that unless they feel like they can re-sign that guy. As much as you want to be kind of in on the postseason this year, don't you also need to like be protective of like the future of this franchise? you got to make it, but you also got to start building. I mean, you're a young franchise. You just started this thing. So I would hope they're not dealing away too much and too much youth for you know, one-and-done kind of guys. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Uh, Meanwhile, no, no Beniers update. Uh, no, well, we'll get one today okay. for sure because they have their practice. Where are they next? New Jersey, I want to say, later this week. So I think they practice today. Um, and we'll at least see whether or not he's a practice and if he's wearing a non-contact jersey or what. So I guess we'll uh, get a first sense of what's going on with yeah, Matty Veneers today. Tomorrow. Or at the tomorrow. They're on the island. All right. So we'll see that. And then I think they go to New Jersey at some point on this trip and a few other spots. So. Yeah. 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 Hey, they've been a good road team. They've done well with these uh, with these trips to the East Coast before. So hopefully uh, this is uh, another another example of that. But that's just one of the things that happened this weekend. Mora is going to take us through all of those things next. It's Brock and Salt Sales Sports on 710 seattlesports.com. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. The texture says, Salk, I'm new to hockey. I've tried to figure out what it is that Susie is lacking and I haven't been able to figure it out. Can you tell me? Good question. Well, he takes a lot of bad penalties late in games. He makes a lot of turnovers late in games. He just makes mistakes late in games. What's the game um, earlier this season? He threw a cheap punch. Yeah, he got a dumb got a penalty. penalty. Lost that game. Yeah, they did. Yep, that was really dumb. Uh, yeah, just he just makes mistakes. He gets beat too often. He's just not as good a defenseman as some of the other guys that they've got out there. So that stuff will drive me crazy. It'll drive coaches crazy, and it's not a surprise as you get closer to to this team really meaning something. He's got a little offensive game. Like he's not a he's not a terrible player. But as you get closer, I thought it was telling if you read um, if you read Ron Francis's uh, statement last night on the acquisition of this kid, Magna, he said he can be trusted in a lot of different situations. Yeah. Trust. He can be relied upon. Right. That's, That's a really one of the best compliments you can give any athlete. Well, and in hockey, you hear it all the time. Guys, coaches trust, right? Those stay at home defensemen. They can just trust them not to make mistakes because mistakes kill you in that game. 
That's how you give up goals is when you make a mistake, when you're in the wrong spot, when you're not, you know, monitoring the, you know, what's going on behind you. And the next thing you know, the other team puts the puck in the net when you're playing against these guys like McDavid, some of these guys that just turn every mistake into instant offense. Mm -hmm. You got to be trustworthy. You got to you got to make the right plays and be in the right spot and be responsible. So he's not always. Let's go around the weekend. I was going to say real quick, speaking of trust, I I feel like now that the Kraken know who they are a little bit more this year, I I really trust them with the additions that they've made. I mean, bringing in Sprong was great. Bringing in Martin Jones was great. So maybe Magna. Yeah, Tolvanen was an amazing Mm -hmm. ad. Um, So hopefully they see something. Something seems to be right right now in their scouting department, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, throw Burakovsky on that list. Throw Bjorkstrand on that list. Essentially everybody they've brought in this year uh, until he got hurt. Uh, Schultz has certainly been exactly what they needed as another stay-at-home defenseman. Another question then. Everybody who they brought in this year. Has been a hit. We spent a lot of time about uh, talking about players who elevate those around them. Like, is that another thing? Is that in hockey too? You have one guy that can can lift everybody else to a different level. I think there's some of that, but you change out players so much. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not like when Beneers isn't on the ice, he's still elevating the line that's out there. Yeah, you have a guy that can Unless lift just his line, raise the level of play. I guess. I think what they did though is by raising you know the some of those standards. Right now, all of a sudden, Jared McCann can play the wing instead of the center. Right where he's better and he can be more effective and he can think just about offense instead of having to be responsible defensively at the center spot. Uh, you can take some of those guys who were on the first line last year and drop them down to the second. Second line guys get dropped down to the third. So it, it, just by building more depth across their entire roster, I think it, it helps guys be in better positions to succeed. But I don't think it's like playing with Jordan. You know what sure, I mean? Where sure. it's like, oh, all of a sudden everybody around LeBron is great. Like, I have to look better now because right. this guy's here. I don't think it's like that, but I think you're building a culture. You're building a standard. You've won some games, and that starts to elevate. Guys are like, okay, this is serious now. We know we're a pretty good team. We've got to start taking this a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think all of that is okay. is relevant. Good. All right, let's go around the weekend. More, what did we miss? All right, well, I, I don't know if you missed it. You watched the Pro Bowl, I did. right? We're going to start there. But okay. you probably saw um, – the NFC won the Pro Bowl by a score of 35 to 33 after uh, they did three rounds. Um, Geno Smith really shined, going 14 of 16 for 239 yards and throwing five touchdowns. He capped off his performance with this fourth down touchdown pass to CeeDee Lamb to help the NFC pull ahead in the final seconds of the game. This is the game here. We have three flag football games. This is the first of the three, obviously. CD Lamb. Touchdown! Breaking tackles. Oh, there's our music. Okay. There we go. <laughs> there were some music issues. Can't go around the weekend without music. Oh, Pat McAfee was fun on that. I, yeah. I actually, I thought Pat McAfee was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty I, good. I did. I enjoyed it for that, well, that format. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not that's something they try to do more of. Right? Is bring more personality to a play-by-play position instead of just having it be, you know, sort of the. The peanut butter that somebody else adds the jam to, right? Uh-huh. I, you know, you guys, I know, saw the reports about Tony Romo and CBS, how they're, like, basically staging an intervention. What? I, I know these reports. you saw them. I emailed them to you guys. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I did. Dude, now he's, like, they're having it. an intervention because he's such a disaster. Oh, yeah, he needs to study more. Yeah. He doesn't do any prep. He has no idea what he's talking about, and he's raving like a lunatic throughout the games. <laughs> Anyway, this is huge. I thought this is huge. He <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like double rainbow guy. Oh, Ugh. my God. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, 
yes, Pat McAfee is pretty good. Gino was great. Gino was as Did. big a star there as anybody. Did. He looked I, I sharp. I saw you uh, a tweet about it. I know. People were taking it a little too seriously. I tweeted Gino looked like a 35-plus million-dollar quarterback on the first two drives <laughs> of the Pro Bowl, and people are split. Pro Bowl, f- Pro Bowl flag football. <laughs> people are just split. To be so- fair. Derek Carr did not look like I know. So it has five hundred and seventy one likes. I was joking, people. And some of them are just like, Yeah, pay the man, he deserves every second of it. And other people are like, It's just a flat football game, idiot. She's like, What? I know that. You can't possibly think that I'm serious believing that they should pay him because of how he performs in a flag football game. (laughs) What are you talking about? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, that being said. You can't pay him to play in a flag football game. What? Uh, Well, we'll let Eli Manning say it. You know, despite it being a flag football game. I think Eli was one of the people tweeted back to me. Yeah. Gino did look like the best quarterback out there. So uh, Eli Manning, his former teammate and Pro Bowl coach, mm. spoke about that after. Well, there's there's a uh, there's a reason Gino led the league in, uh, in in completion percentage this year. He's super accurate, and uh, you know you, you get him seven on seven, not a whole lot of rush. He was picking them apart. So great. I mean, really, just a great job by the guys buying in uh, to this game, uh, run, running routes, being precise. The communication was great, and so proud of them for just buying in and go competing and getting the win there. I'm proud of them for buying in. Well, is he worried? If you think that that sounds like he took it seriously, just wait till we hear from his brother here in a minute. But uh, Kirk Cousins outdueled Derek Carr in the third game for the win, despite the AFC coming in with a 9-3 lead um, after winning three of the four skills competitions. So they carried over some of those points into the game. Uh, Peyton Manning seemed legitimately irritated after the <laughs> loss. Uh, he was yelling at the officials about a no call. If you saw the video online, it did not seem like a joke. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Somebody knows a bylaw in this rule book. He said I can take a knee. That's a penalty. You can't do that. You can't run. He said I can take a knee. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. Peyton Furious. With his Pac-12 official, the intricacies of flag football being argued about by Peyton Manning. I love everything about it. And I'm sure everybody loves the Pac-12 officiating shot there. Well, I'll mention this to Brock, obviously, when he's on later, but it sounds like Roy Rage to me. Oh, yeah, that's probably good. I don't know if Ashley was there helping out, making sure he was well supplied. He furious, like he was red in the face, like hat off. I mean, he lost to Eli, who's like, you know, not the brightest well, bulb. I think he's I think he's got that competitive nature to begin with, but then I think you add the brother element. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think Little I told brother. you guys, I read an ESPN the Magazine article way back in the day where Eli said something about Peyton coming home to play, or coming home to visit and playing him and, like, pick up basketball. And yeah. when he was in college and Peyton was in the NFL, and Eli beat him and he didn't talk to him for, like, two months. <laughs> I don't believe anything Eli says, by the way. Like, I don't believe that story because I don't believe a word out of Eli's mouth. Eli, I think Eli's a flat out liar. I think he makes stuff up. What? Yeah. I think he doesn't even talk that much. Right. It's the whole aw shucks thing. I think it's all completely 100% an act. I think that, I don't think there's anyone more full of it than Eli Manning. Don't you think we would have heard that by now from other people who are like, this is an act. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, speaking of another guy that, uh, I don't know, kind of got awkwardly angry. 
triggering this whole these whole festivities. This wasn't me, right? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Marshawn Lynch uh, was on set with uh, Carissa Thompson was interviewing like some other players. I think Tyreek Hill was there, um, and then the Madden creator and Marshawn okay. Lynch. Nice. When she asked the Madden creator uh, who the top Madden player was, yeah, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I don't even know. She didn't put it in that okay. context, but Marshawn gets upset. So, you, wait, I got to ask you, as the well-known Madden creator here, who is the top Madden player? Who's the player to beat in this competition? It's all about King Henry. Hello, blood. What's that? He's talking King about Henry. the player. How you ain't even throw my name in that thing? You talk about a whole other person when I'm standing right here. You're, you're close second. Bro, you you're close, close second. second. <laughs> we are not, blood, we're not talking about Derrick Henry. We were talking about the Madden player. I'm talking about me as okay, the Madden player. That's true. He's talking about some other George, who you say? King Henry. King Henry. Goes by That's what I mean. George. 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 Kevin. A million to be talking dollars about. is you on the line. You call yourself the boy pizza, and I'm the boy boy. You feel what I'm talking about? I see what but you're, you're supposed to be talking about me when it comes okay. to this mad thing. Oh, oh me, OG. But here's what you're going to Here's what you're going to Wow. All those years that we He's heard ready. about Marshawn and his, you know, social anxiety about being in front of uh, interviews and stuff. It really, really comes out there. When he threatened his Madden rating. I like that. Uh, I think because it was uh, King Henry, he just starts naming other like King. What are you talking about? George? Talking about King George? <laughs> you dumb T. <laughs> but then he threw Kevin out there. So I don't know. King Ed Rock? <laughs> nice. King Crimson? The Madden creator guy looked legitimately like, oh, no. Oh, no. I made Marshawn angry. What do I do now? With Marshawn, you never know if it's a bid either. You're like, do I I go into this? I think Marshawn always wants to keep you guessing. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. It's best to laugh until you find out it's not funny. Good point. Um, Every member of the NFC squad took home a nice cool $84,000 for the win, while the AFC team members received $42,000 each for taking part in the They get paid to go there, too. Does somebody, like, get their flights and hotel rooms and all that? Like, they don't have to then drop that on their hotel room, do they? You think they'd be taken care of by their team? I don't know who takes care of it, but I would hope that $84,000 does not Yeah, I hope everything's comped while they're there. Yeah, I would think so. But I do remember reading... uh, I read Rich Eisen's book at one point. Uh, he had one called Total Access, and there were some stories in there about, uh, I think Peyton uh, Manning was at the lead of this, but there was like a game every year to try to get uh, someone's room number and charge like everything. No, like, sure. Charge yeah, yeah. great. Good gun. That's a great idea. Well, <laughs> so wait, does that mean any of like the Pro Bowl alternates then get this payday over the person that was selected for them? Oh, that's a good question. Like, if you don't go, so do you not like, get yeah, paid? I'm good. You're like, you just said no to eighty four. Oh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure you yeah. opt out of the money when you. Yeah, yeah. Well, or at least forty because the losers 42, get forty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're making the Pro Bowl, I you don't understand need 40 that, grand. but still. Still forty grand. Still forty thousand dollars. What if right? that goes to your charity or what? Your nonprofit. Or well, yeah. I mean, if you're what in Tariq Woolen's spot, at a fifth rounder on a rookie salary, 40, 40, I'm 40 sure that's eight. eighty grand 80 for him. Grand is nice. Yeah. Jeez. What do you think he did with it? Hmm. I know that's interesting. I wonder what. I'll tell you what I would do with it if I won eighty grand in Vegas. I'd gamble it. Of course he would. I would take it directly to the blackjack tables. Shoo. 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 Uh, Justin pointed this out in our email, but I loved at one point they were taping him talking to Pete Davidson. He was just talking about how cool, like, I see you on TV and now you're here. And Pete Davidson was saying it back to him, like, oh, it's cool for me to see you guys. And then Tariq just goes, my coach's name is Pete, too. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, I got to go play. He's like, I'm I'm out of stuff to say, I guess. You're Pete. My coach is Pete. That's funny. 
was so it was so just like innocent and genuine. That's yeah, what, yeah that's I the best it. thing about that guy. Um, all right. Well, and also it was really cool to see Quandre there because um, he was there. I looked the entire time. I never seen him once. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was the there. other digs had an interception. I was like, oh, maybe that's Quandre. <laughs> no, it's some <laughs> other digs. The brothers. The yeah. brothers. Uh, but no, because last year he got hurt, and I remember right. him tweeting like, "I still want to go. Can I just go?" And like. Because so many guys want to opt out, and he really wanted to be there. I watched like five hours of Pro Bowl coverage over the course of a few days. I didn't see Quandre once. I guess I didn't see him much either, but I saw pictures of him there. Yeah, I was like, oh, the only reason pictures. I really knew is because he was on the Seahawks Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I saw so that. I, that. I didn't see him on TV once. They didn't mention him. I didn't watch every event, so I can't. Yeah. But um, All right, well, we'll move on to... He should have the... done kick-tack-toe. Then people would have noticed him. <laughs> I don't want his legs doing anything like that. <laughs> We'll move on to the Senior Bowl. Um, we're going to have Lewis Riddick on later to Heck yeah. uh, give us more details about this. Talk about how right he was in the past. Yeah. Well, he's going to know a lot more about these guys than we will. So, But I'll give you a, a brief update on it. The Nationals beat the Americans 27-10. Big. Uh, a name that we will recognize one MVP, quarterback Jacob Eason, who transferred Jake from Hainer. UW. Sorry. Yeah. Gosh, I wrote it. I wrote I knew that that was it, but I wrote. I saw last night. I meant to tell you ahead of time. Sorry. Jake oh, thank Hainer. you. I, appreciate I know that. you were thinking UW had 12 different quarterbacks named Jake. <laughs> uh, yes. And so I have no, yes. every, no one, well, no I, one I has, wrote, will look down on you for confusing them. I wrote Jacob Eason, who transferred from UW to Fresno State in right. 2019 after Jacob Eason won the starting job. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Jake Hayner. We got it. Yes. It was Hayner who won MVP of the game. He went 12 of 19 uh, for 139 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Might not sound like that impressive of stats, but no other quarterback threw a touchdown in the game, um, and he had a 44-yarder. Uh, so Mel Kiper ranked him as the seventh quarterback uh, in the draft heading into the Senior Bowl. We'll see if he helped his stock at all there. I don't think so. I'm going to guess that being like 112 pounds yeah, is still going to hurt him. <laughs> yeah. Not a big guy. Is he six feet? No. He's like he's like Max Hall, if you remember that guy. According to the Google, he's 6'1", 201. So. That's not true. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's fly line. It's not true for Kyler Murray either, but they right. let him. Yes, because I saw that guy in person, but they let him say he good was 5'10". It's a fly lie. <laughs> um, a couple of D-line names that stood out to our friend Lewis Riddick that he was tweeting about over the weekend were Wisconsin defensive tackle Keanu Benton and Notre Dame defensive end Isaiah Foskey. Uh, there are reports that Benton, uh, who's 6'4", 315 pounds, looked like a wrecking ball, and very few O-linemen were able to beat him in one-on-ones. Hmm. Riddick tweeted that Benton should become an exceptional inside three-down defensive tackle that can stop the run and rush the passer. I saw Lewis Riddick tweeting about how one of the offensive linemen there from Tennessee, I want to say, was shutting down Will Anderson. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh-huh. So we'll ask him about that. Not that you need a tackle around there. But. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then Isaiah Foskey, who's 6'5", 265 pounds out of Notre Dame, um, the all-time sack leader there. Had similar reports of winning every one-on-one, except a battle with Dewan James, mm. the gigantic Ohio State offensive right. lineman Brock's that Brock guy. told us about. Yes, yeah. with his um, long arms. But there were reports that he struggled a bit more on the last day of practice, so some inconsistency there. Okay. Um, and then uh, last for the weekend, I have uh, Aaron Rodgers winning the Pro-Am at Pebble Beach Sunday. Oh, we're going to mention the AT&T Pro-Am, are we? Wow. How nice Only because there's football involved. All right, so understand. So they, it was a weird, <laughs> weird weekend at the Pro-Am because the weather was a disaster at Pebble Beach. It was so windy yesterday. So yeah, I was watching a replay. They decided to end, so it's a four-round tournament, obviously. They decided to end the Pro-Am portion of it 
after three rounds. Okay. So that's done. And yes, Aaron Rodgers and what was it Ben Silverman? Yeah, they held on for a one-shot victory. They finished at 26 under par, one shot ahead of Peter Malnati and Don Coleran. What's incredible about it, though, is Retired that CEO FedEx. Silverman missed the cut. Like, oh, wow. Rodgers completely carried the team. Now, the amateurs get a... Bigger handicap? Yeah, they get their handicap. But Rodgers was so good that he they ended up getting to that point and winning despite his his pro not making the cut. Weird. I think his pro was like one or two over. The cut line was minus one. Huh. Yeah. So Pretty it, good. Wow. he played really well. Uh, Josh Allen played really well. I was watching him. He looked really. Yeah. He's got a really nice swing. He, he played great. Uh, Jason Bateman was playing very well. I watched a lot of him. He got Will Arnett caddying for him at some point, <laughs> and they were just ripping on each other, that's, which is pretty cool. funny. Um, Bateman's looking a little older, by the way. He's got like a little scruffy beard. He was looking first time I like because he's such a baby face. What happens? I don't know. I looked at him. I was like, oh, he's getting old. Whoops. Well, yeah, um, I mean, he's been acting for forever. I know. Yeah. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. He's I watched a lot of the pro. Four years old. Yeah. Well, and after we did hear uh, Rogers mention the trade rumors a little bit it's fun to be here it's such a great event fans are amazing a lot of people yelling different teams they want me to come to next year um which has been fun because uh, we got a little uh, inside bet going about which team's gonna have the most fans but uh it's been fun i was gonna save that for my last question but you're leading me right into it is there maybe like a favorite color favorite city that you might have on your mind for next season i'm just gonna say that the uh predominant uh, team that we hear as we're walking is Raiders. A lot of a lot of Raider fans <laughs> are encouraging me. A lot of Devonte misses you comments. Mm-hmm. So we're having some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Well, he's saying there's more Raiders fans, fans there. Yeah. He's not saying that that's where he's going. He certainly didn't say anything about heading back to Green Bay. No. <laughs> that uh, didn't seem like it was much of an option. Well, and, and uh, we talked about this last week, uh, how he kind of changes with his girlfriends. But I guess he hasn't maybe quite left uh, the area he ventured into with Blue of Earth because I she sent you guys this yesterday. Um, there is uh, someone named Deborah Silverman is uh, having an astrological immersion star party hmm. that you can sign up for for free featuring Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> now, hold on a second. First this of all, obviously Blue of Earth has had a lasting effect on, on Rodgers. <laughs> What's her name? Deborah Silverman? Yeah. Wasn't his his playing partner Ben Silverman? Yeah. Mm, Are they related? Fast. Please tell me this isn't real. No. If they're related, uh, that would be remarkable. This is happening today at 4 p.m. Eastern. We could sign up. It's free. Well, what, first of all, yes. It's the middle, middle Imagine of Imagine how your life would change when you learn the shorthand that reveals your destiny, your truest essence. Okay. To wield the exact language that helps you to reframe and release the negative perspectives you've been carrying. I guarantee when you see yourself from the eyes of the stars, you will fall deeply in love with who you are. Hmm. I could use that. I got a text here this morning that says, you okay, Salk? You're kind of grumpy this morning. I've received that text approximately every day that I've ever done this show. I feel like I'm especially not grumpy this morning. I was talking about how much I love the Pro Bowl. I enjoyed the Grammys last night. True. Why am I grumpy? You started to get a little grumpy when you started talking about rock and the Grammys. No, I thought I was. I could feel like I was trying to be nice about that. Like, hey, it's a bummer. It was rising. No, I was just saying it's a bummer for those of us who like rock music <laughs> that it's so thoroughly ignored during the Grammys. But I've often said this about the uh, Super Bowl halftime show because you hear like, what are they, Metallica, like every year, like ACDC, like people get super mad about it. Like, if you like Metallica, you don't want I, them I don't playing. see them there. You don't want to see them at the Super no. Bowl halftime show. No. You just don't want that. 
That's not what they're well, all like. That's not who they are. And to and maybe this is part of this. Like you can't water down those types of songs like maybe. you can with like other pop songs that you can make a medley of. Yep, I, I'll buy that. Okay, good. The thing is, if you're going to say that, and you're going to say that the Grammys is for pop and hip hop and all these other types of music, which I like as well, then keep them out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and let that be for rock. Understand. Right? I understand your point. I mean, like... Or just change the name of it. Right. I don't know. There's, like, almost no country music represented either. There's That's because country little. music's awful. <laughs> it's the biggest, biggest format. <laughs> but they have their own thing. This is, you know, for music. Anyway, they're, uh, is, that, is that the whole weekend? Do we have anything else we need to do from the weekend? That's all I have for the weekend. Right. Did you guys hear, have anything? Well, I was going to say, did you hear... There's another line that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers said while he was on about to tee off i don't know what hole it was you would be able to tell mm. me if you watch it but when asked a same similar question hi aaron hi cool <laughs> got any news you want to share with us not going to san fran <laughs> i'm not going to san fran <laughs> yeah i heard that last week colt knows is funny by the way he's good he's ex-player is now uh you know walks with the does the holes walks around yeah. them? He's great. And he said, "He goes, man, you'd sure look good to the Dallas Cowboys star <laughs> in your helmet." <laughs> He's pretty funny. Uh, any other news from this weekend? I can report that uh, Avery's final performance of Frozen went off without a hitch. Awesome on Saturday night. Uh, they had the microphones working much better. Uh, Elsa dominant performance. She was great in it. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a really uh, Avery was not Elsa. The girl who played Elsa was great. Uh, Avery was wonderful as Queen of Duna and some other things. So it was a, it was a successful weekend uh, in the Salt family. Happy. Yeah, everybody's happy. Yes, uh, Heather and I got to uh, go downtown on Friday night. Uh, we lived to tell about it. In fact, it was a blast uh, for those people who haven't been downtown in years but like to complain about it and say that it's a pit of hell. It was actually really nice. We had a good time. I'm surprised I didn't see you downtown. Were you down there? I was downtown. Why don't you come? We uh, we were at the bar at the Fairmont Olympic. Yeah, it was a blast. I, I, th- I think there's a little engagement. You were celebrating. going on. Yeah, maybe it's not for like me. Like an anniversary and Heather's birthday. I mean, sort of. We were just kind of <laughs> hanging out. And you don't need Justin. Yeah. You could have come by. His, his look at me guys coming in. That's true. Maybe if my friend in the yellow suit shows up. <laughs> yeah, I don't need the look at me guys showing up while we're kind of <laughs> out having our night but uh it was very nice it was a lot of fun and uh we enjoyed being down there so uh yeah all right uh brock's gonna join us here in just a moment uh looking forward to that gino speaks he spoke specifically about his contract situation in seattle and i might have to reevaluate my percentages so we'll discuss next brock and sulk seattle sports on 710 salesports.com